All right. So I, I, I wasn't planning on talking to you about this today, but I I, I, I was a little overwhelmed um, a little earlier uh, on what is what's happening. And I, I, I asked Pat to stay in the studio here for a second um, and and talk me out of this with with you, Stu. Let me just give you some of the some of the headlines today. Uh, Hong Kong descends into chaos again as protesters defy the ban. NBA arenas prepare for protests. Hundreds of thousands take over the streets in Lebanon. New clashes in Chile. Uh, We are at war. The political risks grow in Latin America. Just giving you the headlines. Um, Scientists fuse brains with AI implants to give people superhuman intelligence. Uh, let's see. Um, Mulvaney faced ouster threat before impeachment crisis. Allies craft list of potential replacements. President in key stretch of fragile state. Insult comic act of president becomes dangerous. Second four years could be even crazier. Um, Democrats are cashing in on uh, struggle. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on. Romney may vote to remove Trump. Alienated Republicans influenced by G7 reversal. Goes on and on and on. Bad. And it's global. Those don't include the economic headlines that are important. The economic headlines, the Fed has gone back in again for a second round of this thing that no financial expert can even explain never happened before we don't know why the banks are needing these bailouts they've they've been having bailouts in the hundreds of trillions of dollars and we're back at it again printing money why no one knows okay when i was back in radio city music hall i talked about two things on a show One, how the progressive elites, uh, they were actually the Fabian socialists in in England, how they were all for and really plotted World War One. And the reason why they plotted it was because they wanted a new world order. They wanted to take down the old rule, change the borders, change the financial system and have a new world order. This is basically the first stab at a European Union and a first stab at a United Nations. Okay. So what did they do? Well, they had to have war to change this and to change currencies. You have to have a war. And it has to be so bad that in the end, everything changes and no one cares They just want it to end. They want the pain and the suffering to end. And so they don't care really what the borders look like. They don't care that they've changed currencies or changed traditions. They want it to end. Well, we saw that with World War I. And we saw that the world was not the same. We became the leader where England was the leader. We sank. We insisted That the greatest navy on earth sink her ships to play in this new world order. And that was England. We insisted that they leave their alliance with Japan and start one with us. 
which led to Pearl Harbor. All of the borders that they changed, they imposed them on Germany in such a painful way that they planted all the seeds for World War II. After World War II, they finally got their new world order in the United Nations, and the EU started to spring to life. Now that is collapsing. The economic stability that they built is collapsing. And they are eyeing now a borderless world. They want a borderless world. Because it's good for them with trade. If they don't have to worry about all these governments, it's good for trade. And if we could just have one world currency, if we could collapse all at the same time, maybe we don't owe money to each other. Maybe it can be so bad we can just restart and everybody loses everything, but we're going to just restart. It sounds crazy. But I said, if you want to bring down the world, you have to bring down America and you have to bring her currency and her situation. You have to bring it into instability and bring it down to the level of everyone else. Then that fall can happen and they all fall together. It sounded crazy. But let me ask you a couple of things. What you need is failing economies and you need global crisis. Now, they've been trying this, the global crisis, to get a new economy. They've been trying to do it the green way. But the green way is not working. Nobody's going to go there. Nobody's going to go there because it doesn't make any sense to spend that kind of money without real uh, proof that anything is going to change, that it's going to ha- help at all. So they've been trying to make green their new red. But instead, what we have is a group of countries that are not listening to the people. And so you have chaos now in Hong Kong, in China, in Taiwan, in Germany, in Venezuela, Argentina, Spain, Chile, Russia, Syria, Iraq, Saudi Arabia, and Brexit this week. Now, if everybody in the EU knew that Brexit was going to cause the problems that they say it's going to cause, you would think that the EU might blink at the last minute, unless they know this isn't going to work and they need to start from scratch and cause chaos. You also have to have everybody printing and spending like drunken sailors. You have to jack everyone's debt up so high that when it falls, everybody falls. You have to devalue currency. This is the plan of World War I. This is happening right now. Now, the Constitution says... To create a more perfect union. Provide for common defense. And to promote domestic tranquility. So if I take an oath of office and I say I will protect and defend the uh, Constitution of the United States. And I will protect it from all. All threats, foreign and domestic. 
if someone is working against promotion of domestic tranquility, they are an enemy of the American people, and they are an enemy of the Constitution. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have strife. That doesn't mean we don't have arguments. But it does mean, wait a minute, wait a minute, are, is what you're doing adding in a great way to a, a road that takes us to civil war? There was a study that came out three weeks ago, Stu, and the the number and it was done by the left. It was not done. It was, you know, an educational, you know, or it's a, a, a study done not by conservatives. And they they wanted to find what are the two or what, what are the leading causes of civil war? What would trigger a civil war? Now, why would you do that? Why would you want to find that out? see how people are going to be activated if something like this is going to happen. What? Right. What's, what could possibly lead to that? Mm-hmm. So if you are in good intent, you can avoid those things, right? right? Mm-hmm. If you have bad intent, so you can do those things. So a major study is done. What are the things that could ignite a civil war? Number one, is to create the atmosphere where people believe or you actually take the act to take away people's guns. Number one, cause a civil war in the United States. New survey, new poll. Second, impeach Donald Trump. Now, why is that? They believe impeaching Donald Trump is a, is a fuse to civil war, because we're so close to an election, why would you impeach him when the people should decide? Let the people decide. It's all out there, so let them decide. But also because the press has so discredited itself, and Congress, and the administration, and the judges, and everyone else has so discredited themselves that everything will seem like a coup. I mean, look what Hillary Clinton is saying. She's currently saying she lost because Trump was a, a Russia asset and it's happening again. Tulsi Gabbard is a is a Russian asset. I'm telling you right now, everything is in line. Everything is in line right now for global war and a reset there are people like it or not that do have tons of power and money that believe they know what's best and what's best is a reset and these people just don't know they just don't they just won't get out of their way they're just too stupid and they will reset us but the way to do it is through global war. Can you guys tell me where this isn't moving forward in this direction? Can you guys tell me where that doesn't make sense? Where this doesn't follow the pattern of history? It does seem to align well with that pattern, for sure. I mean, 
there, there, you know, there's arguments in that, like, we have been able to avoid those level of conflicts more frequently than in past centuries. Sure. Which but, is encouraging, maybe, but... But again, if you have a study out that says the two main fuses for that... Yeah. And those two fuses are being led and lit right now by the Democratic candidates... It's not like we've avoided. Yeah, well, we've avoided those things. But these two specific things, current data on what would push us over the edge. And you have the media and the Democratic Party pushing for those two things. Basically, their platform, right? I mean, their yeah. platform yes. is this thing that could cause incredible amounts of chaos. Yes. Pretty, pretty compelling case. Okay, hang on just a second. We'll come back to this in just, just one minute. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Pat. Yeah, I was as you were uh, outlining uh, your case here, uh, something came to mind, and I, I thought I'd just read you a little paragraph uh, that might reinforce what you're saying. The Cloward-Piven strategy is a political strategy mm-hmm. outlined in 1966 by American sociologists and political activists Richard Cloward and Francis Fox Piven that called for overloading the U.S. public welf- welfare system in order to precipitate a crisis that would end uh, that would lead to a replacement of the welfare system with a socialist system of a guaranteed annual income and thus an end to poverty. Does that not sound like what they're doing on a on a worldwide scale right now with everything you just talked about? That's all set up to overload our system. Okay, so I wasn't going to share this with you either. Um, I was going to share this privately with people, but I feel compelled to do so. This is this has just happened uh, in in my faith. I would uh, I would recommend that you take this advice on any faith. Got an email from somebody in the East Coast last night that was at a meeting with uh, some of the leadership of our church. They had a meeting in you know in the Northeast region, and uh, the speakers got up and they spent their whole time saying, "We must pray for our country right now. We must." Call for forgiveness. Mm. Please, Lord, forgive us for what we've done. We must uh, humble ourselves and beg for protection. And the call was apparently to the person that was there uh, extraordinarily urgent. So it wasn't a it wasn't a panic call. It was we are entering a space where only God can save us. And I I believe that to be true. We are a covenant nation. We made covenants. George Washington did. The Pilgrims did. Um, Lincoln did. Lincoln did. And we have violated all of those covenants. And the protection, the hedge of protection that we have always had and always needed is gone because we have fallen so far, so rapidly Look at our nation. Look at what we're preaching. Look at what we're teaching. Look what we're accepting. Look what we're embracing. It's not part of the covenant. So I would just want to throw in there. uh, (laughs) Please. Please turn your face toward God. Know that man is not going to be able to fix this. I'm reminded of another thing that I want to share with you. Uh, 
Billy Graham told me. I said, where's the next Billy Graham? Where's the next uh, Martin Luther King? And he said, there's not going to be one this time. Because it's going to get so bad. uh, God wants everybody to know it was him. And so it's going to require everybody. And he said, you'll start to see people pop up all over the world that are not huge. They're just steering you in the right direction. And it's going to be based on the individuals. This recovery will come only when individuals say, I've got to turn back to God. Okay, so identity theft can take place in a lot of ways other than just credit card fraud. Uh, Whenever you hear the words identity uh, theft, you immediately think of your credit card and your wallet, right? But identity theft spans an ever-increasing wide range of ways that cyber criminals can separate you from your money. And this is where LifeLock can help you. LifeLock will detect a wide range of identity threats. For instance, if someone has obtained your social security number and is trying to sell it on the dark web, which happens more often than you would think, LifeLock can detect it. What's more, their U.S.-based restoration specialists will alert you of the problem and then work to fix it. That's amazing customer service. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. Act now, get 10% off your first year with promo code BECK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or visit LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BECK. Save 10% off your first year at LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Welcome to the uh, program. So I want to I want to turn here to Brexit. And I know this sounds boring as snot because most likely you're like me. I don't have any idea what they're doing over there. I don't know how their system works. It seems like a stupid system, uh, but so do the people of England. And and I want to play first of all something. You know, you think to yourself, yeah, but what does Ringo Starr think about Brexit? I want you to listen to what Ringo Starr says about Brexit. Listen to this. Would you have voted that way? I would you... have voted for Brexit, yeah. I would have voted to get out. But don't tell Bob Geldof. <laughs> Why did you vote that way, Ringo? Well, because I think, it's, I think it's a great move. I think, you know, to be in control of your own country is a good move. Mm. Hmm. Listen to Crazy that. Crazy idea. Okay. Hateful. So, <laughs> really is. Never thought I'd care about what Ringo Starr uh, had to say about really anything except maybe spiders and snakes. We've only got two maybe. Beatles left. He's at yeah, this point I know. half of our commentary. Right. So uh, so he is, uh, he says, I think it's a good move. Listen to this statement. To be in control of your own country. How is that controversial at all? (laughs) How is it that we are having to vote in any Western country on that? I mean, I can understand in China, Hong Kong, I get it. That's what they want. They want to be in control of their own lives and their own country. No, no, no. Okay, that's China. China. (laughs) This is England. This is the West. I think it's a good idea. You know, I would have voted for it. I think it's a good idea to be in control of your own country. Now, here's where it turns dark and ugly. It's supposed to Brexit. They were supposed to vote on it this weekend in Parliament. Uh, They didn't. they, They voted on it, but they voted for an extension. 
Boris Johnson said, no extension, no. It's either no deal or this deal. I've got a better deal. A lot of people don't like it. I honestly haven't taken the time to look into it because not my country, don't really care, don't have a voice. But they said either this deal or no deal. But I think it's, what is it, Thursday? We're out. Well, Parliament forced him to write a letter to uh, the EU and ask for more time. They want three-month extension. And Boris Johnson is like, you haven't done it in two or three years. You don't need another three months. You're just trying to make sure this never happens. No, this deal or no deal, we leave. Because that's what the people said. Um, Well, I don't know how this ends. I have no idea. He sent the letter, but he did not sign it. He was legally required to send it. Correct. Which is a weird thing, but they basically voted to make, to force him to send the letter. So his only, his only, you know, the only thing he could do legally was just not sign it. In other words, he's not behind it. He sent it anyway, though. Yeah. I just want you to know this is what Parliament thinks. But he's saying, we're done on Wednesday. You come back and vote or we're done or Thursday. And we'll be leaving the EU. Now, that's what's happening. Sky News, which is like their Fox News. The BBC is like their CNN. Sky News is their Fox News. And it's actually owned by Rupert Murdoch. So um, they just had a pop-up channel come on. Now, I want you to really think this one through here. They just put a pop-up news channel And it's a Brexit-free news channel. Now, before I get into the ramifications of that, let me ask you, if you could get a news channel that didn't cover the politicians, would you watch it? I would. I don't know how you do news today without covering the politicians because they've made everything about politics. But if you could go and you could just see what was happening in the world, what's happening, you know, in our local areas and in, you know, just the way news used to be. Yeah, I I would watch that. I don't know how you get back there. What they're saying is we're not going to talk about Brexit. If you could watch an American news channel that did not cover anything about Donald Trump and impeachment, would you watch that? I would. I would. But now let's bring it back to Brexit. What does that say? When I saw this story, I thought, wow, that's a good idea. I bet that is big because people I talk to over there all say the same thing. We've already voted. I don't care anymore. So what does a the popularity or even the thought that this would be popular, what does it say about the state of their government? It says that the people no longer think they're a part of it, that they no longer have any say in Brexit. They've said their piece. They know what the government is going to do, and that's disregard them, and they're tired of hearing about it. That's saying we are not one with our government. They are not representing us anymore. So I don't care what they do. Because they don't reflect me and I'm tired of listening to them. 
That is a really bad sign. And I, I contend that's what's happening here, too. I mean, it's a sign of withdrawal, right? I mean, like they, you know, one of the fundamental things this country was founded on is an engaged and informed public. Right. These, these, this experiment doesn't work if nobody's paying attention. Well, it doesn't work either if the, if the government doesn't represent the people. Right. Look, do you really think that the Republicans or the Democrats represent the people? I think the Republicans and the Democrats, I mean, as a national party and those people in national, I don't think they even like the average voter. I mean, let's look at the Democrats. The average voter in the middle of the country is pro-life, is pro-Second Amendment, not crazy, you know, on, on, on uh, I've got to stop every abortion. They're just generally pro-life, or at least, you know, up at the top mm-hmm. of the, uh, the list of, oh, you know, maybe third trimester you know, is oh, definitely yeah. out. The overwhelming majority of people believe second and third trimester abortions should be illegal. Yeah. So they're, they're the most reasonable. Do you see the party reflecting them in any shape or form? Those people are ostracized in Congress. Those people are not supported by the national party. No, you have, you can't. I mean, the only person on stage we've seen in all of these debates that's taken a position other than you can abort every single second of the pregnancy is Tulsi Gabbard. We saw how she was treated this weekend because she said no third term uh, uh, abortions. No third term. Which is, uh, uh, third term abortions are supported by 14% of Americans. 14 this is not a crazy right-wing policy. This is, and not to mention, it's also uh, completely able to be restricted in Roe versus Wade. Like uh, Roe versus Wade specifically gives states the rights to be able to stop third-term abortions from occurring. It's crazy. But that's how far they've come. They, right. they are ostracize anyone who questions it at all. So do you think that Mitch McConnell represents the average Republican? You think R- Mitt Romney is the average Republican? Because I don't think so. No, I, I no, I don't. Right. We know because we just went through it with with the Tea Party. We elected them to get rid of Obamacare, and what did they do when they had the chance? Nothing. Nothing. Congress had the ability to do it, and the president would have signed it. They did nothing. They don't care. They don't listen to you. They say they're listening to you when they want their votes. We're doing the same thing Brexit is doing. We are disengaging from our political class because we don't believe them. And we shouldn't believe them. But they also don't fear us. This is why they're talking about guns. It really is. Because if you disarm this country, you can't abuse it. And they're already... They're already telling us what we have to say, what we can't say, who can publish, who can't publish. They're, they're already violating the First Amendment. They're going for the Second Amendment, Third Amendment, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, the Tenth Amendment, Ninth Amendment. I mean, with an exception of, you know, outrageous bail, we've pretty much destroyed the uh, Bill of Rights. And the Bill of Rights is what brought us together. 
What is our unum? What is the thing that allowed the most diverse collection of people in the history of all mankind to come together, to work together, and to build something amazing? It was that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And also the First Amendment through the Tenth Amendment. Those were, that was the key. It's not the Constitution. It's the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. That's our unum. They are doing everything they can to destroy that and pit us against each other using that unum, saying, no, you don't really have a right to a fair trial. You can be judged in the public square and deemed guilty and lose your job and lose your reputation and you have no place to go. You absolutely can lose your guns, can lose your right to free speech. And they're pitting us against each other, those who want the Bill of Rights and those who don't. And the people who have always said traditionally they stood for the Bill of Rights was the left. And so there's so many Democrats who still believe Oh, no, no, no. No, it's we're on the right side. They still believe that they are the defender of rights. And I don't understand it because I don't know a single libertarian or constitutionalist. That is going to tell you, no, you have to you, you have to go to church. You have to go to this church. You have to live this particular lifestyle. There is no right that everyone shares that I would deny anyone. Unless you're a criminal, unless you, you know, rob bank, kill people, then your rights go away. But look at the rights that are being taken from you now. And we are doing the same thing that Brexit is. And, and I don't know how it ends. I mean, I don't think anything causes civil war in England. You know, they're like, oh, oh, they went against they went against the people. Let's have some tea. I mean, they're not like America. But then again, neither were the people in Hong Kong. People in Hong Kong were very British as well. And they're in the streets. The people who were like that in in England, they came here and then started doing that stuff here. (laughs) That's right. We have all of their people that were willing to stand up. All right. Documents have uh, just been uh, released, not previously reported, part of a case involving a $60 million fraud against the Wakpomni Lake Community Association, affiliate of the uh, Sioux Tribe. Text messages and phone call recordings show participants in the scheme bragging about their access to Joe Biden. Now, Joe is not accused of any wrongdoing here at this point. But participants in a multi-million dollar scheme to defraud an American Indian tribe touted its links to Hunter Biden and his business associate, Devin Archer. Uh, This is centering on a fraudulent $60 million bond offering from this community uh, association. The documents reported for the first time shed light on how associates saw Biden during the period when his father, Joe Biden, served as vice president. Quote, Hunter Biden works for Archer. So we've got top-level politicos with us, all of my guys. This is as top-tier as it gets. 
So any doubt on why Hunter Biden was part of this in any country or any scam uh, is is stated right there. We have top tier politicos and access to them because of Hunter Biden. Uh, Also, Lindsey Graham uh, says that he wants to hear from the top prosecutor of Ukraine who investigated uh, Joe Biden's son. Now, this is the guy we have uh, told you about, Victor Shokin. Victor Shokin is the guy that was discredited as being dirty. We can't find anybody telling us what he was dirty on. Uh, He's never been prosecuted, never been charged. They never did an investigation on him. They just fired him. Um, Well, what was he dirty on? Well, he says, uh, I was only fired because of Joe Biden's son, and that's what they told me. And the press is wondering, wow, it's odd. Why would they have him? Why would they want him to come to Washington to testify? I don't know. Sounds like a pretty good idea to me.